Welcome back to another edition of the Return the Picks podcast, where once again, we've been trying to make some money on watching the NFL. And this week, myself, Ollie Wilson, Jazz Gillum and Dave Bluck. Well, some of us have had some success winning some, some money more than others. this week. Some Yet more than again. others, because after our big preview of course of the Super Bowl and Super Bowl 55 down in Tampa Bay with Shane Vereen last week where I think it's safe to say that I don't know about the rest of you I definitely felt a little bit worse for wear after that evening um, particularly the post pod conversation that went on for like another two hours with Shane that was quite fun. Was fun um but I'm feeling a little worse for wear again today with our review of Super Bowl 55 after that because it's been a late night it's been a few drinks had some food and it's Monday and I really want to be back in bed again. Don't know how are you guys <laughs> feeling. <laughs> Absolutely the same. <laughs> just minus the drinking. Yeah, I'm just recovering from uh, making 13 bets and losing them all, which I'll get into in a minute or so. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a bad record. <laughs> that's not great for the post Super Bowl thing. But um, what is great <laughs> is that we were able to at least have uh, a lively character on the podcast with us as well to bring all the energy up. Much like Whitney Holtzman did, who, by the way, managed to get into Super Bowl 55. Oh, yeah, that's such dad. a nice 2021 story, that is. Yeah, it's so good that Whit got in there. A uh, friend of the show, Cam Lynch, as well, was doing broadcasting from inside the game, too, which was great. Uh, but Whit was in there. She had a great FaceTime, I saw, on Instagram with her brother as the kind of Super Bowl celebrations were going off after the game. Um able to experience it with her dad and everything so that's amazing for wit uh shane won some money shane vereen i think won some money on the hamper bay buccaneers winning it because i think he said he put like 50 bucks on it because we were sending him all of our bets that were coming through during the game so he had a good one and then we have marlon favorite who joined us on the show today who got to see an lsu running back lift the super bowl so which he was gonna have a linebacker as well that's true and uh yeah i'm all over the place today sorry um (laughs) And he gave us a freestyle rap out to the podcast as well. Which, which was excellent, by the way. Something yeah. worth sticking around for, for anything. So, yeah, it's a weird one. But this is the review of Super Bowl 55. Over the middle, picked off! Season fired, intercepted! Blitz coming. Pass is picked off! He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore, down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. So, Dave, let's, let's hear these 13 bets. Should you oh, crazy? yeah, I've got to, I've I got got to, to, I've got to read on. them all out. It's hilarious. Well, most, most of them are Super Bowl MVP winners, so I'm spreading around oh, there. Oh, dear. Okay. Oh, that's and foolish. then... So like five or six are that, and then and then a lot of the other ones involve the Chiefs scoring a touchdown. So <laughs> like not Brilliant. decent. Uh, it's proof they were all they were all a pound. So I just I just spent all of the money left in my account. Uh, will Jason Pierre Pauls record a sack? He didn't get a sack. He didn't kind of sack despite all that pressure. Uh, Ronald Jones, Super Bowl MVP. Nah. JPP, Super Bowl MVP, nah. Tyron Matthews, Super Bowl MVP, nah. Definitely not. <laughs> nope. Scotty Miller, Super Bowl MVP, nah. You put money on Scotty Miller. Tyron, I, if I would put money on Tyron Matthew to get ejected, I would have been closer. Yep. Shaq Barrett, Super Bowl MVP, nah. Although that was closer. Devin White, Super Bowl MVP, nah. That was closer. <laughs> that was closer. Yeah, maybe. Godwin and Tyreek Hill, both to score a touchdown. 
No. <laughs> Nicole Hardman to score a touchdown. And Kansas City Chiefs to win. No. <laughs> Brady and Mahomes each to throw for over two passing touchdowns. No. Over 56. No. <laughs> Mike, Mike Evans, first Bucks touchdown scorer. And Tyreek Hill. No. Leonard Fournette, first Bucks uh, touchdown scorer. And Darrell Williams, first Chiefs touchdown scorer. Nah. So that's 13 bets. Wow. And money gone. Yeah. That's not great. That's not ideal for you, is it? Oh, it's pretty funny. You know what the key to gambling is, is to have something at the very start of the game and something <laughs> at, at the, the very, very end of the game. Oh, Ollie, you, you're bet. I'm so happy I was happy so about happy about that. Did, was... you go, did you go nuts like those guys did on that video? Yeah, said? we were kind of... Well, Jazz, Jazz had had God, the coin toss. I, I, I jumped on it at that point and put 18 quid on it as well. I had better odds <laughs> than Ollie had. Brilliant. Yeah. So we what put... were the odds on it then? Jazz got 23 to 10. I had 21 to 10. Oh shit! So okay. I won fifty-four pounds. That's how fifty-nine you pound forty. That's... You won. Well, I lost. Nice. I lost the coin toss. I'd put like eighteen quid on yeah. tails and lost that. Okay. And when and when Jazz said he put money on the coin toss on tails, I had been so close during the day to putting like a good amount of money on heads, just so like we'd gone head to head straight away at the coin oh. toss, and I hadn't. Oh man. Um, but yeah, and then and then the touchback. Oh. God, I've never been so glad to see somebody run it out from three yards deep. <laughs> yeah. I'm so surprised. Yeah, but the thing is, though, I was really surprised when Ollie brought it up. And then I watched the Pat McAfee thing they talked about it on. And no touchback out of the last 19 Super Bowls has won 17 times. Uh, now it's 18 times out of the last 20. That's so interesting. Like no touchback is going to be a bet that I'm going to do every year from now on. Yeah, yeah, yeah it seems like, like a that. good way to start it. If we, if they run it out the yeah. end zone, we're having a good Super Bowl kind of thing. We're, we're probably covered our covered our bets for the, the whole day and we're just betting with house money now. Yeah, that's the one. Didn't um, Jazz on, um, didn't Pat McAvee put 10 grand on the coin toss or something? 30 grand <laughs> on tails. Did he get it? No. Oh, but he also put uh, he put a, a four bet parlay of um, Fournette anytime touchdown, Gronkowski anytime touchdown, Brown anytime touchdown. I think it was Fournette over so many yards, mm-hmm. and they all came off. And it was he put five hundred dollars on it, and it won him twenty five grand. So he oh, okay. didn't really lose out that much. Yeah, I think he's got the money to cover whatever stupid bets. I he think makes so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's not bad. So so that so we both won on the opening kickoff with no touchback. I then won with the Rob Gronkowski anytime touchdown. Nice. And then there was, was that, five to two or something. Ollie be able to tell me that. I think you were on about eight to one for that or something. I think it was relatively good. Yeah. On Gronk. Uh, um, it was ten quid, so again that got me back. Whatever that got me back. Okay. Um, and then the Gatorade came up at the end, didn't it? Was yeah. it blue? It was oh, blue. It was blue. <laughs> <laughs> it's blue, baby. Uh, Gron- yeah. uh, Gronk was five to two. Yeah. Sorry, Jazz, on that. And there then, you go. and then, so yeah. After the game was over, they didn't show the Gatorade bath on Arians. They cut back to so it. Didn't, so you didn't know. Was, so we didn't but... know. So I went scouring through Twitter looking for a Arians Gatorade <laughs> bath picture. And I said, like, "Where is it? Where is it? It's got to be here. It's got to be here. It's got to be here." And then I just turned. I was like, "Jazz, it's blue." They turned around. I didn't believe it. It's me like on. one of those, uh, one of those stupid like, uh, is it a boy or girl things? Like a gender reveal, just yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. except yeah. you win money rather than like a dumb baby. So yeah, and so I had eight pounds on yeah. that at eight to one. So that's another sixty-four pounds of winnings. Oh shit! So you're probably like over a hundred pounds up, right? Once, whole... Yeah, I profited a hundred and six pounds on the day. Fuck that's from awesome. sixty pounds of bets. I got one hundred and sixty-six. Oh yeah, just before halftime. 
Your the Buccaneers boy. step back and throw one deep down the left sideline looking for the speedster of Mike Evans. And he's tripped from behind. And they throw flags on a 34-yard penalty. So if you bet the over on the longest penalty being above 19 and a half yards and put some money on that, <laughs> you are also quits it, baby. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've now realized why gambling so, is really fun. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. I love So that. annoying the over didn't hit because if that had hit, I'd have had an extra 50. You're... Um, your MVP voting, Dave, seems like playing roulette, except, oh, yeah. Yeah. except half of the board is Mahomes and Brady, Brady. and everything well else. Well over half. Yeah. Well over half. <laughs> it's like you're picking... Yeah. I just got excited, but the odds were so good on all of those that it was like, you know, it was only a quid on, but they were all like at least 30, 40 to one. So I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of fun. I mean, it does make it really fun. Yeah, I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed just reading it. It was all worth it just to read those out then, to be honest. Yeah. So yeah. I'm happy. And I'm not going to, you know, I didn't bet in it on anything else. So like, you know, I won't put any bets on until, so I might as well just cleared the account, you know, put some Start more fresh. in fresh for 2021. Yeah, smart. Um, if I only put £13 on the touchback, you'd be uh, you'd be happy with, uh-huh. with some money right now in your pocket. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's definitely an annual thing. The touchback and the Gatorade bath are always going to be That's better. It's going to be better. Yeah, yeah. Those are I'm, in, I'm in on that. Although, if we go to a pub or something, and they're trying to throw us out like as soon as the game is done, it's like, no, yeah. no, no. When you see the, the when you see the Gatorade, oh yeah. And then I put four quid on uh, Brady. This was a great bet that our friend Jackson Eden found. Uh, the MVP who they thank first in their Super Bowl MVP speech. He sent me that. Yeah, he sent yeah. me that. Yeah. So he went with any deity at two to one. And I went with fans and the city at like four to one. I, I th- thought that was the best choice as well. Did you get fans in the city? Brady, was that right? no, Brady was teammates. fans and city uh, last time. They, that, was, uh, that was six to five on. So it was the most likely one. For yeah. Them to, okay. To say. But that's another good that's one to put fun. on. I like both of those as like post-game we're keeping that energy going. going but it also means that you don't like the party doesn't finish for at least another half an hour after the game <laughs> yep. and you're buzzing from that energy of like am i gonna win am i gonna win and it makes it really difficult uh, yeah i went to, to, to bed sleep. wired i was still wide awake at 5 a.m oh man i'm glad you enjoyed it's wicked we need to next year as well jazz we need to cook food pre-game more well hopefully you'll be there ollie I mean, who knows? Like, I'm obviously, hopefully, I'll be there, but you never know what's going to happen. But if I'm not there, ideally, I'm watching it with you guys. Yeah. And um, I reckon we cook food before kickoff, but we have it in trays that are left in like a warm oven just to keep it warm. And it I think, depends what it is. I think, and we can put like foil lids over it and stuff like that because <laughs> that depends better. what it is. And then, if it's wings, yeah, I need you to you're going from crispy wings to soggy ass wings within about five minutes in the oven. Okay, but like all the brisket and stuff like and pulled pork and things like that can just be kept in a warm oven with a. F- I mean, I, if I'm honest with you, although I loved it, I don't think we need to have brisket and pulled pork ever again in our lives. I think I've had I've enough. Got for the a rest lot of, of it in my fridge, point. so I really hope yeah. that's not the case. <laughs> Dave, what are you saying? I just, I'm just fascinated. You guys workshopping your food for next year already? That's just well. Uh... The thing is, wings. We want to be crispy. I mean. We learned last night that the Randy's Wing Bar kit was wonderful and nice and as good as it was to have their sauce, which is really tasty. We can probably make that ourselves for much less hassle, if I'm honest. And really, deep frying them still is the king, without question. Yeah. So really should have got the deep fryer out, should have planned ahead better. 
just didn't those... do that didn't film study enough that week what about one of those air fryers Fuck the air fryer. You want a proper fryer? Want that crisp and dry, baby? You can That's crisp... exactly what I said. Yeah, he did bring up crisp and dry specifically. It's <laughs> the uh, the official yeah. oil of Jazz's Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, my chicken wings. If I'm making chicken wings, that is the oil to use. I've had very good success with it in the past. Um, yeah. That's definitely what we should do if we're doing that again, because you obviously it's smaller batches as well. So instead of doing sort of 19, 20 at a time, you're getting 10 or 11, and you tend to get, I'm not trying to say the wing sizes we got were small, but um, some of them were not the biggest, so. I thought they were good. good quality. Yeah, they're, they're decent size, but you know you can get slightly bigger ones in the supermarket, in my experience. <laughs> get me them GM chicken wings. Are you saying you've got experience in this, Jazz? I've made chicken wings <laughs> most Super Bowls. Most of my life. <laughs> um, there's yeah, a few other... Most Super Bowls. We did one where we did it at Ollie's house, remember? I made them there. Yeah, when Jazz bought a deep fat fryer and then didn't take it home. It's like, no, you can just have it. We just needed it for this. And I've still got it. Yeah, it's really, we should used. just bust it out yesterday. I assumed you threw it away. So Yeah, I keep meaning to. Uh, there's a couple of things that I wouldn't mind asking you guys on thoughts on that aren't about the game before we get our guest Marlon favourite on. Okay. Amanda Gorman. Did you see her pre-game? The National Youth Poet Laureate who introduced the like three special captains for the coin toss. I just wondered if you knew that there was a youth poet laureate at all. And is it a thing that ever needs to really be used ever again? I don't know if like she, she read a poem, did she? She read a poem to introduce like the special captains was it good? had before. The... I mean, I just don't understand like a, you've already got a poet laureate. So why do you have a youth one as well? I don't really understand. Well, I mean, it's it's encourage you, people didn't... to get into poetry, I guess. Yeah. It didn't cross my brain or my radar whatsoever. There was another... So for that point of view, I think it's null and void. There was a good moment before kickoff where Brady goes over to the bench and he's about to get his helmet on and they're getting ready for the game. Blaine Gabbert goes up behind him, taps him on the bum and then starts talking to him. And I just wonder what all backup QBs say to the starting QB before a Super Bowl, <laughs> particularly when it's like either Don't Mahomes get injured, or Brady. Brady. Yeah. Don't get injured. <laughs> I just want a ring. <laughs> I don't want to play. Don't no, if I go play. in this game, we're losing. Do not get injured. Don't get injured. So no weird. concussions. Blaine Gabbert just pats him on the ice like, hey, man, remember that uh, triple blitz that they bring off? The yeah, shut up, Blaine. Or <laughs> it's like, yeah, I got remember this. the concussion protocol questions are this. President is Biden. Day-to-day is Sunday. It's the 7th of February. Your wife is Giselle. Remember those things. All you got to remember, you're fine. No concussion protocol. <laughs> Can you imagine if uh, he blazed him out that hard and he was like, he was like uh, trying to give him advice about the blitz. And he's like, oh yeah, remember, you know, this could, this could happen. And da, 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 you got to watch out for Jones. And he's just like, look, shut up, man. I've been in more Super Bowls than you've started NFL games. Like, <laughs> get away from me. And they pick it up on like the hot mic and we're like, <laughs> oh. Brady's mic'd up for this Super Bowl. <laughs> Get lost, Blaine, all right? Why don't you just go and find a special needs convention? What? <laughs> what? Wow. I thought we were cool. Why don't you yeah, draft it by the Jacks? Bit. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Anything else to bring up, Ollie? Um, I kind of thought it was quite funny, Brady not giving a damn post-game about, like, masks and stuff. You know, Arians had his mask well, on. in Florida. And then took it off for the for his, like, post-game speech and then had it, like, straight back on again. And Brady made Jim Nance come closer to him to talk 
and just didn't bother wearing a mask. He's like, no, this is my moment. I'm not wearing a mask. Forget COVID right now. Anybody who's near me has been tested. If you watch it back, it looked like he was saying to Jim, come over so I can't hear you because he's wanting to kind of fist bump or elbow bump him. Oh, you think? That's that's what it looked like because as Jim came over, they got really close and then they did the little elbow or fist, whatever it was. They did that post interview. They did a like a... That's because yeah, we spoke about stand around that, with their kids uh, and take pictures. Yeah, you think it's like Brady doesn't give a fuck if he gets COVID now because well, I just don't think no he cares about miss. it anyway. He's I like whatever. He's... Like I'll lick, you know. He's untouchable. Like the Chiefs defense can't stop me. COVID ain't gonna stop me. I'm coming back again next year. It's all good. Don't worry about it. So yeah, I just, I just he just doesn't seem to care at all, which I kind of thought was quite funny and rated. And Jim Nance was trying to do very much like I'll stay at one side of the podium. We'll have a chat. And Brady's like, no, come closer, come closer. Right now we're going to hug and we're going to hug and be best mates as soon as the interview's over as well. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, hmm. Then, oh yeah, this is the other thing. Bra- Tom Brady is a psychopath. Jazz and I were talking about it a little bit in the game. Do you think Tom Brady even enjoys any of this now? Tom, like there's the whole, th- there's the whole <laughs> thing with Tyron Matthew that is actually quite interesting. <laughs> Um, the and they had and how Brady actually has sent a message apologizing to Matthew about it. And Tyron Matthew yeah. says that Tom Brady said something that he's not going to repeat. So there was something, something bad, really bad said by Tom Brady in that moment. And there and was he apologized a, for it. A lot of times Christ. of Brady on the sideline, just looking angry when they're dominating a game, looking just stern, angry, yeah. not really having fun. And he only had fun when he won. And then there's a there's a video as well of like the Bucks celebrating in the locker room, and Tom Brady's just in a corner packing up his bag. Like, okay, I've done my thing now. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's. I think Tom Brady has just turned into this cold blooded killer. There's the also NFL the vision football. of well, if you if you watch the uh, bit before they start doing the kneel downs, he gets to the huddle and he's shouting at them like yeah. they've got to go on a two minute drive to win the game. It's not just a. Dude, it's thirty one nine. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna win, but he's like he's having not either, he's not having a go with them, but he's trying to rile them up again to make sure they're ready and on point for this last little three kneel downs. I just uh, you know that's how you get to Super Bowl at 43 is by oh, being yeah. that guy though. You're so. a killer. He's a, he's a killer. That's what he is. He's just like Jordan was a killer. Yeah, he's a killer. I think we're seeing that you know more and more that he's more like more like Jordan than like yeah. Like he's he's the one taking shit personally in the middle of the season when people are like, oh, Bucks offense, maybe like it's not clicking yet. And he's reading those articles and he is like, like digging his fingernails into his palms, like I'll fucking yeah. show you. Well, there was an interesting one as well. Uh, who was it? I can't remember where it cropped up. It was on a podcast. It may have even been one of the ATM podcasts of uh, somebody on that show had written some articles being a bit negative about Brady mm. and Brady, when he was talking to them once said, Oh yeah. Oh, that was it. It was Kyle Brandt from good morning football. <clears throat> and he'd said a few negative things about Brady and Brady was talking, uh, was asked something about good morning football. And he was like, Oh, Peter Schrager, uh, Nate Burleson, Kay Adams. Yeah. You know, they've got a great <laughs> show and left Kyle Brandt off. Cause there's a rumor that Brady went out and found out what Kyle Brandt had said. And then was like, I'm snubbing him cause he disrespected me. <laughs> and it's like, Brilliant. that is, it's almost, I really yeah. like the, 
the ruthlessness of it, but I'm also a bit scared by that sort of attitude of like, I'm winning every single thing in life. I like yeah, it. like as if he needs any more victories like adulation or victories yeah and he, just, he just wants it all yeah it's just yeah yeah i think you're right i think he you know i think he is a, a, a psychopath in a way you He's know a killer. yeah and it then took a little bit of the edge off it slightly because i've wanted brady to win all season because it was a great story but then I'm also a bit scared by the story itself and what it does to a man that, you know, just keeps on winning. Like, he'll be back. He'll Where does it end? Back. Yeah. Where he's, does it he's end? He's definitely coming back next year. How did you think he played then? Because it, I mean, he, it obviously was, it was a team performance because the defense really, like, kept the Chiefs under wraps. Smashed him. But some of his, uh, some of his throws were quality as well. Like, yeah, but he also and had, they had a great running game and playoff Lenny was pretty good, wasn't he, Dave? Mm. Uh, Lennon Fournette, yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. Super Bowl Lenny. Him and Rojo, called, called were good. Super Bowl Lenny now, isn't he? Him and Rojo were both good, yeah. So Brady didn't have Brady did a lot, but he didn't have to do much, yeah. So he only, did what he had to do, only had 29 pass attempts in the game, which is the lowest in a Super Bowl for Brady oh. since his first ever Super Bowl. That's the wow. only time he's thrown fewer attempts in a Super Bowl game. Yeah. It's his sixth lowest passing attempts in his playoff career. Uh, and it's his fifth lowest yards in a playoff game for Tom Brady. Mm. So it wasn't like, oh, Brady, light it up, light it up, let's go. It was Brady's doing what needs to be done to win. But the Bucks' game plan seemed to just be really simple. And yep. again, like we spoke about it last night of, they're just quick, quick fire at getting the ball out of Brady's hands and finding open mm-hmm. receivers. Yep. And they established a good, solid running game to then allow them to establish a short yardage passing game that gave them the opportunities every so often to, you know, they had a deep, nice deep ball to Mike Evans in the first quarter before Rojo couldn't punch it in and stuff like that. And it was yep. like, yeah, it opened up the odd, the odd deep pass for them. But at the same time, they were just able to kind of grind things down. It felt like three quarters of the Atlanta comeback in just like Brady churning stuff out. Yeah. Not really doing anything wrong. Nothing really yeah. went wrong on offense. I guess aside they, from the I first guess they didn't drives. need, they didn't need to because the defense was playing so well and they were at, and they the were playing ahead most of the time. Yeah. Like they didn't need to hit those deep passes. Why risk an inception and stuff? Cause he has actually thrown quite a few inceptions this year, like 12, I think. So it's obviously like, you know they're aware of that. Brady's aware of that. Like if you don't need to air it out more than you have to, then you can just win thirty-one to nine. You yep. don't need to like give them a chance to intercept it. Mm. Yeah, so, I was saying to Ollie last night. If you think of it this way, when Gronk was signed at the start of the year, you think, oh, Gronk's going to have a massive year. He's going to because the way the that offense likes to target tight ends, they've got great tight ends there as well, and they've got so many other people to try and cover. I said to him, maybe what they've done is they just said to everyone, no, no, Gronk's is blocking this year. He's going to have a couple of receptions here and there. And if they got to the Super Bowl, okay, Gronk, now it's your time. Now you're going to show everyone that this is what you're going to hear, you're here to do. And he showed up in the best possible way. I mean, it's it's very similar mm-hmm. to the whole Leonard Fournette thing. They haven't used yeah. him for large parts of the season. In the last seven yeah. games of the regular season, he had one game with 10 or more carries. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's barely run the ball for most of the year. And then in the playoffs... Starts just lighting it up. Three TDs, 4.6 yards a carry, getting a fairly mm-hmm. consistent run average of the ball. 
He said the only thing that let him down was a number of the drop passes, I think, against Buffalo. But aside from that, Fournette pretty and, perfect. Has yeah. been really good. Fair for, play. For Tampa. Yeah. And then did an excellent job yesterday of just I mean, why and we'll get onto this with Marlon Favourite, but I felt Fournette should have been given at least one chance down at the one yard line when Ronald Jones was getting stopped. Because yeah. Fournette was running real angry from the get go. Yeah, oh, when they was... got when they got stuffed on the um the fourth down. Yeah. And the third down. Yeah, the thing is, Ronald Jones has been kind of doing that well all year. So I guess, I don't know. But yeah, you give it to the hot hand, don't you? Like, yeah, the the guy that's mean and large and in legs. charge kind of thing. It's the same reason why I've not with the Browns and they kept on giving Kareem Hunt. And it wasn't just because I wanted the fancy points for Chubb. Oh, no, it's all because you want the fancy points for Chubb. <laughs> no, but <laughs> also, lying. like, who do I want down there at the goal line? Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt? I want Nick Chubb. Yeah, Kareem yeah. Hunt, your fans are team, you're saying something completely different. But as a Browns fan, if I'm not invested in it, I still want Nick Chubb to be there. I would have, oh, yeah. I would have thought, I don't know what their weights are, but I would have thought he's got a good, like, 15 pounds on Rojo as well. So it just makes sense to have him in the backfield for that fourth fourth and goal. Yeah, but I think Rojo's better between the tackles and Fournette's better going to the outside. So on the goal line, it's definitely obviously in between tackles and tight ends. So trying to find that little small gap, he's probably better at that than Fournette might be. Yeah, Rojo's yeah. 94 kilos, Fournette's 103. So there's a fair bit more bulkiness yeah, in that. Yeah, that's uh, like 18 pounds. Yeah. There you go. I'm good at weights. <laughs> Mate, weights and heights is when Dave Blunt comes to shine in the NFL. <laughs> I can't. I, that's all I want to bet on. I wish, uh, can I like find a good betting app that will take... I think you'd have to create it yourself. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be your only customer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> But no, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But I just thought, yeah, I just thought there were a few other things around the game that weren't necessarily about the flow of the game that were kind of intriguing in that sense. Also, Bruce Arians just not taking any credit at all. I thought it was quite. It was sweet, but I was also a bit disappointed because he was one of the guys that I really wanted to see. In the same way as Andy Reid last year, you really want to see Bruce Arians get to this yeah. point, and it was quite sweet. And how much of the. Uh the chief stuff by the way is because of reed's son being in that car crash as a massive distraction did you hear about that dave no uh andy reed's son who is a linebacker assistant was in a car accident and created which caused um life-threatening injuries to two children aged three and five i think um and reed's son was drunk and had taken adderall before driving oh my god is that allegedly or do we have to say allegedly no, I believe that's been reported in the news and been confirmed. Okay. I can't confirm or deny completely that, but I've, that's what I've read. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't <laughs> so think... Maybe it, that didn't help things either. It's not going to help your play calling, is it? I don't think it comes into it, though. I don't think it comes into the game. Because there are so many other issues in that game away from that that wouldn't have been affected by that unless maybe Andy Reid was necessarily being affected personally by it but it's a interesting wrinkle a yeah. horrible wrinkle yeah did uh, did you almost both also see what I sent you on the the WhatsApp group of the Twitter feed of um Mahomes's fiance oh yeah that was brutal what she said and then the first reply People was just going nuts. Going, yeah. It's weird how she lost we all of you. that. Like, we hate your family. Arrogance as soon as he'd lost. That was odd. You know, it was weird how he wasn't Mr. Unbeatable. You can't stop him. There was no tweets about that after he'd been stopped. It was odd. I just thought 
you know, the thing stand by your convictions. uh, I'm sure we'll talk with Tamar about this in more detail, but I don't think Mahomes actually played badly at all. He had no time. He having to run around everywhere to try and get it. The Bucks covered his receivers brilliantly, and when he threw it, they couldn't catch balls that were going at their faces. Oh yeah, this is Jazz is going to be hired as the uh, new coach for the Kansas City. Oh no, Chiefs. no, I want to be the receiver because I can catch that ball. No, 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 we need you there coaching them to be able to do it. It's no good if you're the only one that's able to do it. We need you to be coaching them to be able to catch face catches because we tried it yep. out in the house and Jazz can catch a ball going to his face, whereas Tyreek Hill, uh, Damian Williams, and Travis Kelsey. No, dro- D- Dar- Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams, excuse me. And uh, did Travis Kelsey drop one as well? Yeah. I think he did, but I don't think it was his face. Uh, no, that, a was, face uh, that was just a big drop. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a bad one in the end zone. That was the face. Um, yeah, that was the one to the face. That's the face catch. That was the face. Where if, actually- he just, if he just puts his hands together like this he catches it yeah he was in this. traffic as well to be fair but he I, was, it, it wasn't going at his face i made this point and jazz apparently says it doesn't matter if there are three other guys around him uh what you, do you have mean? to make a catch what's he paid to do catch the ball well yeah but it does affect things if how you're much does he get paid to catch got... that ball okay i mean he's pretty good no one, at no one touched his hands no one moved his arms he was just having to put his hands together to to catch it it hit him in the face cage just hands together and he, he catches it okay i mean I mean, he's made a lot of other big catches, so... Yeah, but not when it mattered the most, so whatever. Well, he did it last year, and they were... Or not this year, though, did he? Okay. It's a, it's anyone weird, can win, Dave, anyone can win one, you, but, but winning back-to-back, that's different, isn't it? It's a weird take. No team has done it since the Patriots. <laughs> it's, it's, e- it's not harder to catch the ball when there's defenders around you. It's an odd Well, zero. if you are a receiver down by the end zone... If they come and interfere with you, it's a penalty at the one-yard line at this point. So he's got nothing to worry about. He's not going to get hit. He's got to catch the ball first. Why didn't he catch the ball, Dave? I, I don't know, Jazz. You, you're quite right. Don't let the ball it's, fly through your hands. It's good analysis from you. <laughs> it's like Alshon Jeffrey when uh, what's-his-face intercepted it behind him, that Saints player. <laughs> Just put your hands together that little bit more. I'm going to throw so ball. many balls at you. From now right. on, like when right. I get to see you again, I'm just gonna like load up on balls. What's the I'm first thing? Throw right, so we, right we, all, face. we all played American football at, in in university. Yeah. What's the first thing they teach you about how to catch the ball? Use your hands, not your chest. You make a diamond. diamond. You do this. He did this. How big does he think the ball is? Put your hands together. He's got small Bang. hands though. Bang. He probably doesn't. He probably got massive hands. No, Terry kills tiny. Yeah, no, but if he's even though he's tiny, they like Probably to have receivers with big size hands. Ratio. Yeah, mm. it'd be interesting. Might do some research yeah. into the size of Tyreek Hill's hands for a postseason. <laughs> Please <pod>. do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, load of penicillin for that COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that C word. <laughs> oh man, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, no, Brutal. cheers. Oh, good cheers. job, Dave. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Marla, man, you um, you were kind of a winner either way yesterday, because either way you were going to have a LSU running back lifting a Super Bowl trophy at the end of the day, right? And mm-hmm. Devin White, either. Either way it was going to go, it was going to be one of them running back holding it up. So I was just excited <laughs> to see, you know, an exciting game. You know? Do you think we got it? 
would you say? Do you think we got an exciting game? Well, I think defensively we did. I, I thought that defensively we, we got an exciting game. It, it, I guess just the nature of me being a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the w- way that in an LSU guy that, that Devin White was able to go sideline to sideline. I think he finished with like eight, 12 solo yeah, tackles, 12 something crazy like yeah. that. The big interception, the seal of game, that was exciting. The fact that Ty Bowles went out there yesterday and he decided to run an entire different defense from what he ran the whole season. Mm. So Kansas City was thrown off. Yeah. So if you look at it from that from that point of view, it's crazy. Marlon, can you go into a bit more depth? What do you mean that he uh, he ran a completely different defense? Is it just, just in terms of the amount of blitzing or? The amount of blitzing and the type of coverage he had over the top. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it from that perspective, all right, the entire – if you look at the New Orleans games, I'll just use locally here, right, we was torching them over the top because he was going a lot of man coverage. And that Super Bowl, they ran some two, some two zone. They ran some cover three. They ran sky. They did all kind of different looks. So if you notice, Tyreek Hill wasn't really a, a factor because – you always had somebody covering him, and you always had somebody hovering over him. That's why you saw them hitting uh, Travis Kelsey the way they did. Yeah. They was able to hit Kelsey that way because that was the only thing that was available. On top of that, Kansas City offensive line, let's just be honest, they didn't play good. <laughs> so, yeah, they were, they were beaten up. Yeah. Turns out you take out their two best tackles, and they're in trouble, right? Yeah. You take out their two best tackles, and, you, and you're dealing with a whole nother situation. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I just – you know, to, to get in depth, that's the difference. Like, Ty Bowles threw it up. Because here's the thing, too, from a defensive standpoint. They, they really run like – I mean, on paper it says 3-4, but they actually run with four linebackers, two down, down linemen, and six safeties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, DBs. So, uh, that's how the setup was the whole time. You had V to V and the Dominican Sue. Those two guys were the only ones like that had their hands in the dirt. Whereas Jason Pierre Paul was standing up the whole time. Shaq Barrett, yep. it coming off the edge. You got David and and uh, White in the middle. So that's your four linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. But you, you're still running this this two down lineman thing. You, you take a down lineman out and you bring in a safety. They they play with six DBs. Yeah. So not only were they getting pressure with the four guys that they had coming on the back seven, it was just crazy. Yeah. How, in terms of, uh, as a head coach, do you think, is it difficult to have that game plan set up and not use it kind of later on? And, you know, saving things for moments like the Super Bowl? Because, you know, you think in American football, everybody studies so much tape that everybody's kind of seen almost everything. And how much of of a playbook is actually left for special like special occasions like a Super Bowl or an AFC championship game when you're looking through it at the start of the season? Is it kind of pointed out during the year? Like, no, we're keeping this for the playoffs or something like that. Well, I do think that Ty Bowles had a game plan that was set up just for this game. So as opposed to going with my bread and butter throughout the year, I do believe that in his playbook he had other plays that could play a role Right, like the sky that they were running, the cover threes that they were running. They did some of that stuff throughout the year, but not as much. Like it was the base defense last night. So I think from that perspective, he did Kansas City 
Kansas City saw something on film that they did that that they didn't um see anywhere else, right? That's that was their first time seeing yeah. seeing that that type of deal on on uh on film. So that that was another thing. On top of that, Patrick Mahomes having to scramble a lot and having to rip and run a lot and things of that nature to play the role. So it's crazy. Yeah, doing really good. I said to Jazz during the game, doing very nice impressions of Josh Allen against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> you know, the way Mahomes would drop back and he's got no time at all. And even in the first and second quarter when it didn't seem like the turf toe injury was a problem at that point, and it, it certainly seemed to get worse for him in terms of his mobility and able to, to run with the ball as the game went on. But, you know, this was a guy that had no time whatsoever and he's normally so good at creating time. And the Bucks were so consistent at not just being able to get pressure on the pocket, but collapse it completely. Yeah. Which is such a difficult thing for D-lines to do over and over and over again. Well, look at it like this, Ali. The type of rushers that they had in that game. You got Nadamna Kinsu. He's an inside killer. Like, you start naming interior linemen. You think Aaron Donald. You think Gerald McCoy. You know, Sue... The young Sue was in that conversation. Well, a lot of people counted him in. I mean, all out, Ty Bowles and, and Bruce Arian was like, nah, we, you know, so you got that there with Sue, right? Then you got uh, Vita V. He's a guy that they drafted in the first round, what, last year, year before last. Mm -hmm. So he's a 3-4 type guy, so he's just getting that push up the middle. But where the fireworks go off, guys, is Shaq Barrett, and Jason Pierre-Paul just killing the edge. So if you look at it, the whole time Mahomes was constantly on a scramble. Yeah, I mean, out of 29, you know, he got pressure 29 times. So They, they seemed to line up so wide as well, didn't they? They were just they line up as wide. Soon as, they, so he's spinning out, and then they're already coming in angles, you know? Right. And to your point, uh, uh, Dave, like, look at it like this. Okay, those guys you said earlier, two Fisher and I forget who else was out. They had two basically prime their premier def, uh, tackles, mm -hmm. offensive tackles out. Yeah, right. So off dump, we sent it. We sent in our four guys. That rush last night reminded me so much of those New York Giants uh, rushers, like yeah. Michael Strahan and and Osin Yimura and Justin Tuck and Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, the first time. Those yeah, yeah. That's the type of pressure. So when you're able to get that type of pressure from your front four guys, you can run cover two. You can have Dean just sit here because you have a safety over the top. So he's never going to get a chance. That's why Patrick Mahomes was sw swirling around and he was just finding Travis Kelsey because that's all that was available. Mm -hmm. Ty Bowles say, you're not going to beat me deep with Tyreek Hill, right? You're not going to beat me with your running game. So you're going to have to figure out a way to be creative off of your inside routes. Well, on the opposing side, Tom Brady was doing what he wanted to do. <laughs> At no point of that guy, I just, I just got off ESPN in New Orleans down here. I was telling my, 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 my dog Gus down here. At no point, y'all, of that game, he felt rattled. Like It was like he was playing a preseason game <clears throat> because the lights are that big for Brady. Think about it, y'all. This is Super Bowl number 10. This was the, the seventh win. So you have franchises. And then you got Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, that's the conversation. There's right? <laughs> no more, oh, the Steelers are the greatest organization of all time. No, the Patriots are. No, Tom Brady is the greatest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Yeah. No, you're right, man. I'm sure I saw a stat that Brady had four pressures in the entire game. If you're only going to pressure him four times in the game, he's just going to pick you apart like he did. 
and just take what they're giving you because that's the reason yeah, why yeah. you didn't see many deep bombs down to Evans or Godwin. You saw a lot of the underneath to um, Gronkowski or the running backs. And that worked perfectly for them. Well, good, you know, all credit to the Tampa offensive line. I mean, it's not like the Chiefs yeah. don't have their own rushes. It was, you know, they just killed it. Yep. They protected him so well. Well, it's the, it's the speed of delivery as well, though. You know, Brady's not sat there. Every time Mahomes yeah. drops back, yeah. he's waiting for a play to develop during that game. Whereas yeah. Brady is dropping back knowing almost before the snap because he's obviously the experience comes in as well. He's so good at reading defenses, but like he knows pretty much where he's going to put the ball inside a couple of seconds of taking the snap and he's delivering it there so quickly. There's no chance to get pressure. And I wonder, you know, Eric Bieniemy is he's had an exceptional career as an offensive coordinator and he's done brilliant things with the Kansas City Chiefs. But was there a, a faux pas on his part to not adjust more in this game? Yeah. to maybe going with the run more early on anyway, because the first drive was all pass attempts, if you look at Kansas City. And the, the first two drives, I think, were all, almost all pass attempts. And it was just that Mahomes was running himself. And also they were, they were having slow developing plays time and time again. And it just got them bogged down as opposed to mm. Mahomes being quick off the draw and, and snapping it out as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I agree with that uh, that part of it too. I thought that they did a an okay job at their bread and butter, like the stuff, like the hitting Travis Kelsey and, and finding, uh, you know, I thought that they would have used Clyde Edwards uh, a little more on mm-hmm. the on the um like the LSU plays. You know how we used to motion them out, have them come across the middle, mm-hmm. but for some reason Mahomes was just like extremely rattled. So I don't know if that was a result of if that was a result of Eric Bieniemy kind of approaching the game vanilla or Patrick Mahomes just being rattled. Now, I will say this. I thought that they were going to make some better halftime adjustments. Yep. So that that side of me, uh, that, that side really did surprise me. And at the same token, I thought that we would have saw a little bit more of, as you guys mentioned, balance, run, pass. They just kept rolling with their, with their plays. And Tampa came out hey, they're going to do this, this, and this. We know we have to shut out Tyreek Hill. We have to – We they won't be able to hit us with nobody off this track team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, nobody off this track team is going – if they're going to beat us, they're going to beat us with their running game, and they're going to beat us with underneath routes. And it just didn't work It was because like- all those underneath routes, everything underneath, y'all, uh, David and White was shutting yeah. all that down. Mm. Levante David did a great job on Travis Kelsey. Although he got 13 receptions or whatever it was for Kelsey, it seemed like all the big ones, David was there just smothering him. And if he had a chance to get a play on the ball, he was knocking it free. It was exceptional coverage from that linebacker. Absolutely. You know that when they started the second half, though, the only, the only thing I'd say is they did start doing that, the Chiefs. Just for that, that first drive, they got the ball in the second half. And CEH ran it for two first downs. And I think Mahomes got another first down with his legs. And I kind of thought, like, I was like, oh, they're, they're settling down a little bit now. Like, they are going to change things up. Maybe they're going to start doing some more dump-offs and, you know, kind of try and counteract this pass rush a little bit. And then they just, like you said, they kind of reverted to trying to go for it all. And suddenly they were, like, third and eight. And then they were kicking and it was like oh okay it's the it's the madden school <laughs> of football it. i'm gonna run it once okay i've established the run now let's throw it deep on play actions all the time yeah yeah, I mean, but they, yeah. you know they should have uh 
they should have kind of kept going. I don't know if it, it just didn't seem like it was their day, though, to be honest, because it felt like the Bucks had other gears to go to. So even if the Chiefs had turned it on a bit later in the game, I don't know. Like, it just wasn't going to happen, I don't think. They did not touch the end zone. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. They did not touch the end zone. That's why yeah. I know the conversation this morning and, you know, the whole week's going to be about – Tom Brady and well deserved seven rings. That's a that's a milestone. No one ever, no organization has ever done that. But that Tampa Bay's defense and the way that they were playing, the secondary surprised the heck out of me. Y'all saw when uh, Winfield was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I love that. (laughs) I love that. Back at you, buddy. Yeah, Yeah. that was something. That's that's worth the fifteen yard penalty as well." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Well, the, um, so, yeah, the coach. Jim Nance and Tony Romo were like, oh, that's that's just unnecessary and we don't want to see any of that. And actually, especially when you remember Tyreek Hill did a backflip and then did the peace sign up to him yeah, earlier yeah. on in the season, right yeah. in his face. Like, hell yeah, go and get some retribution in the Super yeah, Bowl the when you're dominating yeah. him. Yeah, put up his own freaking deuces sign up in his face and give him some of that back yeah you you did it to me during the regular season that's fine now i'm whooping your ass in the super bowl with 31 9 up (laughs) don't worry about it yeah i loved it absolutely (laughs) loved it man yeah and this the thing like with jim nance and tony romo and by the way tony romo's doing an amazing job at broadcasting man he's very uh, interesting but but this is my thing if the score was closer and you got a penalty that could have changed the fact of the game yeah, then the coaches are challenging. Then that makes sense. But they, at that point, they had no shot at winning. Yeah. So have fun. Take 15 yards. Y'all want 25? <laughs> <laughs> we can stick to the one at this point. You're probably not going to get in the end zone with the way Mahomes is playing in this game. So don't yeah. worry about it. I mean, if somebody had said to you, Marlon, before that game, Patrick Mahomes, no, a Patrick Mahomes offense isn't going to score a touchdown in a Super Bowl. What? What would you have said, like fifty, sixty dollars, a hundred dollar bet, you know, a grand? What what would it have been? I'll be afraid to bet lunch on that because it's just the fact that his yeah, yeah, yeah. his performance that just doesn't sound right. Like I knew, like it was a whole bunch of first from for Mahomes. How this was the biggest margin he's ever lost by. Yeah. Um, second time appearing in the Super Bowl, losing. You know, to having to be the recipient of a person getting his seventh Super Bowl. You know, your opponent. It has to be – even after the interview, you know, he put that Patrick Mahomes voice on. Oh, you know, man, you know, the guys, they were, you know, a little bit tired. And, you know, doing this, <laughs> kind of uh, I thought we had him. You know, he kind of did his little deal. His voice funny, though. I love Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. But we're talking about the best quarterback in the NFL, right? Yeah. If you look at just pure numbers, like what he threw, six interceptions this year, five. But, again, everybody else didn't have this Ty Bowles game plan. Like, what he did was he was playing chess, and they were playing checkers. Yeah. Like, that's what that was. It was, nope, we got that covered. Nope, we got that covered. That's what – part of the scrambling was none of those windows were open. Yeah, yeah. So, I know the offensive line got a lot of criticism. Like, oh, man, they were blocking terrible. But at the very end of the day, he went through that progression. It wasn't that – and then it was bringing pressure. Like they was taking turns rushing off there. Shaq Barrett, though, he he was man, he was. Well, I I don't even know. A big question we have here in New Orleans, we don't even know what the NFC South gonna look like next year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like each year is clearly New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. <laughs> oh, is yeah. it? Oh, yeah. We just start with Tampa, and Tom yeah. Brady let you know he was coming back. Yeah, he said it last night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Gronk's coming back. I mean, they're all. I think they. I imagine what Tom Brady will do is he'll renegotiate his contract, take less money, so they can pay Godwin, so they can pay Sue, so they can pay Fournette, keep Antonio Brown, and so just keep all their players. That's what will happen because that's what Tom Brady does. He thinks, well, I want to have eight rings now. I'm only two away from my whole hand. Yeah. I get to ten before I retire, which he could do if he wins the next three. Not impossible. Yeah, it's pretty scary. You- that was. I'll tell go ahead. I'm sorry, David. No, and I was just gonna say it's pretty scary if you give this Tampa offense, which is you know, all gelled together, you give them a full off season, hopefully with like some of it COVID free. <laughs> like they're gonna be they they should just be hitting the ground running, like Yeah. Terrifying. And, and that defense as well. I mean that defense <laughs> has been incredible in the playoffs, but oh, was get, was, get had murdered. really good, really good spells during yes, the regular season too. <laughs> I mean You've been able to see the Bucks throughout this year. Of it's just been watching a side get chemistry and know how to work together, basically. Yeah. And there was there was a quote before the opening drive last night that Jim Nance said it was like uh, somebody said in that Bucks organization this week that we haven't even played our best game yet. And then they went out and played their best game of the year in the yeah. time it matters. And it's like, oh man, like, that is suddenly a very scary team because the Chiefs looked. We were talking a couple of weeks ago. The Chiefs just looked untouchable after that Bills game because they were so well balanced. They had run, they had pass, they had under, they had over. And that defense was aggressive but phenomenal at coverage as well. And then the mm-hmm. Bucks just made them look like amateurs last night. Yeah, they, they did. It's just the way that and – it's, and it's not fair um, to everybody else with Brady. It's just that he, he saw all of this before. It's, okay, right now we're all podcasting. Imagine all of us. 10 years from now, man, we're going to be doing this with our eyes closed because we're going we, we've been put out in those mastery hours. Yeah, Scott, mm-hmm. I was in the Matrix last night. I mean, yeah. the play calling, and, <laughs> and, and I know it was him. Just, you know, be, uh, me and Tom was teammates for a short stint. But just when I was in New England, I was on the practice squad for, the, for their offense. Mm. So I would be the scout team defense for the starting offense a lot. And it's just the way this dude, like, his ability to not get rattled and to just have that pocket poise like no other. Now, he can't scramble like the rest, but to be able to divert that into quick passes or getting the ball out of bounds just at that time. You know, him and Drew, they do that really well. Now, here's another thing, y'all, that really stood out to me, and a lot of folks aren't talking about this. Um, Ali, I know early on and maybe over the summer we may have talked about, like, the whole Black Lives Matter movement and mm everything that was going on and how the NFL was going to react to it. Hmm. That is a staff full of African-American coaches Yep, that just mm-hmm. won that Super Bowl and some ladies. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Todd, excuse me, um, Bruce Arians was open to diversity. I think that had a lot to be with the, a lot to do with the stars aligning for him as well. And it's not just about those guys being African Americans at all. It has more to do with the diversity and just being open to player coaches. You know, guys that have familiarity with the game, and most importantly, can relate to the players. I think that had a lot yeah. to do with just the chemistry of the team. I was going to say, mm-hmm. do you think it does set a precedent for the future for the ways Arians has built his coaching staff in town? and kind of sorted and worked with it to create this incredible performance you know it, there are, it is going to change perhaps the the coaching staffs around the league potentially over the next few years because of what we've seen I agree with you on especially on that last piece the most um yes to what you said in the beginning and I do think we see more duplicates of this throughout the NFL 
um, as just an initiative to, to to make it more diverse. You know, a lot of the conversation is Rooney Rule and, you know, a lot of these head coach positions having to do this. And these guys shined on that, on, on that stage. And I think a lot of owners across the league will take a better look at just having – it's not just necessarily about having black folks. It's just being more diverse. And, and open to uh to do that. Look how comfortable Tom Brady was mm. this entire yeah. year. Like he's he's living a life. He's in sunny Florida. You know he's enjoying himself. He, he's like a kid in the candy store. Well, yeah. he's been in it. He's been a robot for twenty years. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's he's yeah, used yeah. to doing stuff that which works. It definitely works. But you know Bruce Aaron's like man, let's you know enjoy yourself. And the resurrection of guys, a, as you mentioned earlier, Jazz Antonio Brown. Everybody counted Antonio Brown out. Right. He was counted out. Leonard Fournette, oh, he's a distraction down in Jacksonville. He went straight to the uh to the west of the state to Tampa, won a Super Bowl. You mm-hmm. know, all those guys that was hating on him, they were sitting down watching the hey, game last Ronald, night. Hello, Ronald Joe's didn't have a great reputation before this year and the back end of last year, really. There weren't many people that were eyeing him as a running back at all of being at like much quality and value. And again, like people suddenly look at him and be yeah. like, Yeah, all right. That's well, I don't that- think JPP had been I might be wrong. Marlon, but I don't know if he'd been made a Pro Bowl in four or five years. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, like, yeah. really, he—he's been a rocky road for him since the firework incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people forget the way he's playing. It, it, you never thought he's had only had eight fingers, but <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, he's really I do out forget there. about that. I don't know. I think <laughs> I, I think as a D lineman, there must be some sort of advantage just having a club at the end of your hand as well, right? I mean, it just makes it easier to crack somebody on the side of the it's head. It's like and get an old school uh, Raiders. <laughs> from the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like one of those being old able to team. grab cloth with just this. Uh, yeah, you yeah. still want to be able to grab cloth. See, a lot of the times y'all see them do that pull and swim move or they grab and you, you want to be able to grip. So I guess he just really used that thumb and, you know, the other fingers as much as he could and it works. <laughs> they still paying him a boatload of money. So, but do you yeah, think he was may not pass that part of the physical, but they cool with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he was maybe like the, the firework incident made JPP almost a bit of a, like a laughing stock around the league because, you know, it was such a ridiculous thing to happen. It obviously doesn't scream of maturity or anything like that. And he and he's had to kind of build his own character reference up again more than anything else. The player's always been there, but it's been building up his own individual personal reputation. It's been that his personal reputation and building that confidence back up. Because I mean, you lose body parts, you still have to be able to. to you don't. You're not fully yourself like mm. like you used to. So being able to get through that and not to not lose a beat. You know, yeah. to be able to go down to Tampa and wreak havoc. You know, he was in a big market in New York. They just woke up a sleeping giant down in Tampa because that's the last time they won the Super Bowl since 2002. I saw Warren Sapp bring out the Super Bowl hat last night. I saw a couple <laughs> of folks because it was – it's uh, hopefully – well, it's not a hopefully no more. It's almost – well, it's hopefully. Hopefully New Orleans don't have to wait another 20 years Till we see another one here, but yeah. you know, Tampa, that's tw- 2002 is almost that's a, that's right at 20, 20, 20 years, you know, right yeah. at that uh, at that mark. So, I do think that, um, to, to wake that city back up because those early 2010 with John Gruden, come on, man, with Warren Sapp and all those ballers, the Tampa 2 defense, like that's the name of it. Yeah, so Ty Bowles really brought back that that tough guy Tampa defense. Yeah, and they've got a far more charismatic quarterback in Tom Brady than Brad Johnson. No disrespect to a Super Bowl winner like Brad Johnson, but I know who I'd rather have under center in my team. Um, 
Just going quickly back to Tom Brady, because obviously you said, you know, you played scout team defense against him at New England. And we were, I, I put this out to Jazz and Dave just before you came on the, the call, Marlon. I'm convinced that Tom Brady's actually like a bit of a, in a nice way, a full-blown <laughs> psychopath when it comes to winning. Because like you see shots of him on the sideline last night, right? And he, even when they're cruising, he doesn't look like he's enjoying it that much. Uh, Jazz made a reference to, you know, going into a huddle before they were taking the knees. And Tom Brady came into the huddle just to take a knee and was like yelling and barking at his players as if it was like they're about to lead a two-minute drive to go and win the thing. And he obviously is smiling after the after it. But there's Brady is just so intense when he's in those game modes. I don't I don't know how you could almost enjoy that intensity because it doesn't look like he's enjoying it until it's done and he's won. And then there was the shot of him in the Tampa Bay locker room of just, yeah, he's just packing up his stuff. Everybody else is dancing around and celebrating. Brady's like, yeah, okay, I'll just pack my bag and we'll get on. And Next Where's season's just around the corner. So <laughs> just better. chuck it on the pile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give me I that mean, ring, chuck it on the pile. I mean, celebrate on. that one on the field. Now it's the eight. So you guys need to shut up. Let's go, let's go get to it. Like, is he, is he like that? Is he always like that? Is hey, it... guys, I've got a train in the morning. Can you keep it down? Yeah. <laughs> We're all coming in <laughs> on Monday, right? Come on. <laughs> That's funny. I like that one. Hey, guys, I got to work out. Yeah. It's crazy. But I think it goes, not to sound like a broken record, but I think it kind of go back to what I said before. It's not his first Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's like, oh, back at another Super Bowl again. So it's not those guys like, this is my rookie year. I want a Super Bowl. <laughs> in the world. I'm in it. They still excited about being in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. True. Nah, this, this is what I do. This is my 10th. I lost three of them. It was these two times against New York and this one time against Philly. I didn't get it. Like, that's that's the conversation <laughs> he's having with those dudes. But yeah, just yeah, know yeah. that he do this. Like. Tom can probably do this till he closed the 50, dog. It's just the way he prepares and the way he does, you know, he approaches the game and the height thing. You know, he's not – it's tough. Like, down here, we know this is it for us with Drew. You know, he he oh, gave us the best – Huh? You don't think he's going to come back? I don't think he's going to come back. I mean, he hadn't publicly said it, but I, I pay attention to stuff like, okay, I'm going to take a veteran's minimum – this season so we can free up some cap space to go get some players. What a quarterback. Like, come on now. Like yeah. the team, New Orleans was, that's why they won the way they won. It was probably the most complete team this year, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild Magnolia, but I do, I do appreciate um, the way time approaches the game. And then too, those guys in the early twenties, there's only so much partying he can do with them because, you know, he's 43. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. So it's kind of like, hey, man, what are we going to turn up tonight? Well, I got a kid's tonight. And, uh, yeah, Giselle's on this trip. Yeah, she's in Paris. Got some so kale I'm, to eat. Yeah. Can't let that go out. Lights out for have fun, you know. He, he probably said, y'all can bring your kids or I'll babysit for y'all tonight if y'all were like, Tom's there with you. Tom, Tom Brady, you've just made him sound like Will Ferrell in the movie Old School when they're throwing the house party. And it's like, yo, man, what are you going to do? And Will Ferrell's like the older <laughs> character. And he's like, well, I can't really drink because I'm going to bed, bath and beyond tomorrow. And we'll maybe pick up some new furniture. And I don't know if we'll have time, you know, but it's a pretty exciting day. You know, if we get these chairs and deck chairs we want. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's great. It's crazy. And when the yeah. cameras are off, we actually secretly Frank the Tank. That's what you think. Yeah, yeah. As soon as the yeah, cameras are out, as, as he's on, on, the, uh, on the coach after the Super Bowl, there's a beer... Uh, what you call it? Beer funnel comes out and Brady's like necking cans like nobody's business. Oh man, I'd love to see that. Him loosen <laughs> yeah. up a bit. 
But that's been well, the nice thing well. this year about Brady is that he's been loose. I mean, as you were saying, Marlon, you know, he's been a robot up in New England. And then there's like the Brady and Gronk YouTube show that they've done every few weeks. And, you know, his social media feed puts out actually quite funny hilarious comments every so often you know and like giving stuff to lebron james on twitter and everything and it's like it's been a fun brady that we want to see and then but that's why the contrast of psychopathic winning brady is then so perplexing because it's like no you're really funny sometimes and then you suddenly go into like game mode and you're locked in and so driven (laughs) you're a killer yeah i just think he just approached the game differently guys um you get to a certain point in football, when you've made the mistakes, you've matured, you've seen it all, sort of say. So mm. his approach is just at a different level from, let's say, even Russell Wilson, someone who prepares well but is just younger. Yeah, you know, and even like the way he preps his body, like to us, is we just see this machine because, like, man, how you're 43 and still doing it? He has to work harder than everybody else. Like I'm feeling it now, y'all. Like I'm about to leave here probably in, like the next five to ten minutes to get ready for our for our training class. Yeah. Right. So at this at this training class, um, at this uh at this training class, um, these guys are 16, 17 years old. Even the guys that the college guys we get that's twenty one, coaching his early thirties. So I gotta. Like before, I just show up and just whip their tail. Now I gotta really like jog a little more, stretch a little more. So, so whereas when I'm in my twenties, I know none of these guys messing with me when I'm at when I'm at LSU. You know, they, they y'all can't see me. Y'all couldn't see the 20, 22 year old uh, uh, coach Fave. You know, you can't. So time is kind of going through that too. And the thing that saves him once again is the height, y'all. He's tall, so. Yeah. You can see over that offensive line and just boop, boop. Peyton, too. Peyton, that's how he's, he lasted as long as he lasted because it was boop, boop, boop. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, for both of them, they're playing up the game up between the uh, between the temples rather than playing with their feet. So it's someone like Russell Wilson or Mahomes or Lamar Jackson even, or Kyler Murray, even Josh Allen in some ways, their athletic gifts let them be as good as they are. Whereas you look at Brady and Manning, their ability has been before the snap figuring out what's going on and knowing what's going to happen before it happens so that way they haven't got to run anywhere they can just stand still know well he's going to be open in a second throw it there first down carry on yeah it's timeless isn't it yeah yeah it's timeless man a, a lot of folks like it's just again the way that even the all the way down to the food he eats yeah. like he, he just really does everything he doesn't he doesn't eat onions marlon he doesn't eat that. onions what the fuck? That's tough. How many that's things? Especially, that's supposed to be bad for your digestive system. Onions in are, um... onions are in everything. <laughs> they <laughs> like, are like, <laughs> like I just finished like your burger. You, you want onions in it? Pasta, yeah. onions, vegetables, onions. Like my salad not popping unless I got bell peppers and onions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jambalaya, onions, gumbo, curry, onions, pork wow. and beans, onions, red beans, <laughs> onions. Right. Boudin onions. None of that. None yeah. of that. <laughs> Etouffee onions. Yeah. 
Yeah, all that. It's just not right. <laughs> just turn into the Onion hungry. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just going to name foods and onion. It reminds me of uh, that scene in Forrest Gump where they're like circuit listing all the shrimps. Shrimp. Shrimp, shrimp with... and potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Barbecue. Barbecue shrimp. shrimp. Yeah, yeah. Bubble shrimp. That's right. Uh, shrimp chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. All right. Well, that leads me on to a question I definitely want to ask you, Marlon, of what is served up on the dinner table on Super Bowl Sunday in the uh, in the favorite household. Now, this is going to trip y'all out. Yesterday, my wife threw me off. She said she wanted pork and beans and fried chicken. So Ooh. here's the thing. I didn't even eat here. I went by my homeboys, by my cousin and them to go watch the game. But because I knew my wife was going to be in, let me get ready for teacher mode. So I'm like, I'm going to make you a nice little dinner so I can go scream over. Because I thought I'd been screaming in this house. If, you got to get out of here. I'm trying to put the baby to sleep. <laughs> so, we, so we had uh, we had some fried chicken, uh, fried it to perfection, I think so. And uh, Lovely. Some, some pork nice. and beans. Now, I don't do the pork and beans with the like the old ghetto wieners in it all the time like I used to. I just chop up some um, some uh, some beef smoked sausage and Oh, nice. But well, what's the main ingredients for the pork and beans? The beans. Bell peppers and onions. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady ain't gonna like my beans, baby. No, he's not gonna have that at all, is he? Tom ain't gonna want eat nothing down here. Probably just make. <laughs> hopefully, get the seafood. Is he? He gets. He gets it all flown in from the TB12 uh, Institute somewhere up in like Boston or whatever. Man, he just oh, gets yeah, his meals man. flown right. down, doesn't he? You win. He's only eating the TB12 meals. That's right. Yeah, you win seven rings. You can get your meals flown in. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Marlon, he cares can I, about um... global warming? Yeah, right. Uh, Marlon, can I ask you about, he cares um... about global warming? <laughs> Not How's the kids feeling about global warming? Oh, no. I said, who cares about global warming because of him flying his meals <laughs> right, in? Right, 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 right. <laughs> who gives a damn about the fact of global warming? Who gives a damn about pandemic? We got to get him this TB12. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the weirdest transition on a podcast to go from pork and beans to what do the kids think about global warming? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We no, we bounce around. The kids. We bounce around topics, man. But we're not going like that big and broad around the place. Don't yeah. worry, man. <laughs> yeah, Marlon. Before you go, I wanted to ask you about as a Saints fan. Uh, can you tell me about the uh, the new Falcons GM, Terry Fontenot? Am I saying it right? Yeah, uh, Terrence Fontenot. He's yeah. a local guy from. He's good. He's. I'm excited <laughs> about him because he was your he was your head scout for like five years, right? For five years, yeah. he, he held it down. Well, awesome draft, that, really. Terry was a part of the organization. I don't know if that was his, I think he was there in 09. Yeah, he's been there. Yeah, he's yeah. He's a staple in organization. Yeah, so so the thing about, about Terry is, man, this guy has been with Mickey and, 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 and um, Jeff Ireland for all these years, right? And, these, and we know that that squad together, scouting players, bringing in the right folks, they know the deal. So in Atlanta, you'll see now, um, them be able to find like hitting gems in the fifth round, yeah, or yep, yep. you know get the right guys to come in in free agency because that's something that New Orleans New Orleans excels in. Uh, New Orleans does a, an exceptional job at you know finding Alvin Kamara in the third round. I was going to say which yeah. is that which was that year where you got Marshall Lattimore and Alvin now. Kamara. Yeah, I'm just having a look which maybe. year it was. 2017 draft. Yep. Defensive and defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, you got Lattimore, you got Williams, you got Kamara in the third, and oh, Trey Hendrickson. He kind of contributed for you as well. Out of been good this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah then, he, he did better than Cam this year. He had a good yeah. year this year. And then the year after that, 
Davenport, Traquan Smith, uh, Boston. Traquan Smith hasn't last... done enough yet. I think no, Traquan right, Smith right. has got a lot of potential, but he hasn't. hasn't yeah, it. it was more that 2017 year, but they they've had some great drafts. They've brought players through so much, and that that hasn't really happened in Atlanta. So I'm quite excited. Um, Atlanta just does good drafting the big guys they're supposed to draft. Yeah, yeah. but not Suck the lower the... down drafts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, yeah, if it's not in the first two rounds, then. <laughs> Forget right. about they, it. They got Deion Jones, you know. Then we got Calvin Ridley. Like they're gonna mm-hmm. do that, but mm-hmm. you know, this is they're gonna find a Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. They got Jimmy in the third round. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where they excel at, baby. Hmm. Well, Marlon, man, uh, we know you got to get off to training, buddy. So we won't let uh, keep you in the in the booth. I mean, it's such a good little setup. That little sound. Yeah, it's booth a great you've got set. There, I love man. I oh, yeah, man, appreciate y'all. Like the look. Okay, I'm gonna leave y'all to freestyle. Y'all ready? We'll call <laughs> oh this yeah! Oh yeah! Pete. Oh yeah! You ready? Come on! I'm feeling like Pete. I'm bought it. I'm bought it. I'm living the dream. I live in New Orleans. I ball and I rap and I'm raising some kings. One time for the Millers. It's really no limit to getting this green. Get you some product. Invest in the people. Invest in the streams. I'm feeling like Pete. I'm bought it. I'm bought it. I'm living the dream. I live in New Orleans. I ball and I rap and I'm raising some kings. One time for the Millers. It's really no limit to getting this green. Get you some product. Invest in the people. You ready? You gave us the game. I saw it with Chop. I saw it with Kane. I'm able to vision. The sky's the limit. I'm pushing the limit. I need me a ticket to hit all the digits. My money was midget. Made me a pivot from up in them trenches to up in them benches. Now it's balling the broadcasting. 504 like Mr. Magic. No drama like me or X. I never age like Silk the Shocker. Deli beats, I get it popping. Like the tank in all his roster. Right now I'm paying homage to one of the coldest to ever rock it. No limit chains, I've rocked them. Those times are classic. Soldieries and soldier rags. Jabot G's and Jabot jackets. No limit movement across the globe. 100,000 tracks in the trunk was sold. With Tampa's defense, I'm saying we're going to more of a Tampa two style. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that would have been effective enough if they'd had better protection in Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. Because if you have to send a fifth, yeah, where do you send it from? That'd been the question I've had. But that, that's if they'd about had it. Fisher and the other guy, like would that Schwartz. have kind of they had Fisher and Schwartz, Schwartz. and they the, hadn't had the, the other guard drop out, and similarly yeah. the guy they signed to replace him hadn't got injured. Yeah. They've had three well studs on the offensive line. The trouble they had was having to move their right tackle to left tackle, yeah. their right guard to right tackle, and have a whole new right guard in, which makes that whole situation completely different. The thing is, like Marlon said, though, is that the coverage downfield was was really good, was so good consistently throughout the game that those big plays kind of weren't there. So it just seemed like they had a kind of otherworldly day. So I don't know even if they had their starting If you had one line. person less. So, so if you had to have Devin White rushing, mm. that would be one fewer person on a running back or Travis Kelsey. But they did. They, there were a couple of occasions yeah. and it was highlighted on one of the um, plays when Tyreek Hill went in motion from right to left. And the guy who went and followed him initially in motion, because they recognized things like maybe the timing of the motion, they took him off tracking him all the way across and sent him on a blitz from the side that mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill had come from, which then forced Mahomes to then try and get it off quicker. And in, and they went into a um, an aerial view of that I've seen. It might have been Brian Baldinger, I think, actually was talking about it on Twitter. Um, and it was, you've got two free guys on that right side of the field that Tyreek Hill's gone from right to left 
to the opposite side. But mm-hmm. Mahomes is feeling that pressure from that blitz then on that side that he's only got the other half of the field then to look at. And you see there, both safeties have drifted across. So one is almost on the other sideline anyway. And one's kind of center of the field on the hash marks. They've got coverage over the top, down the middle and on that one side. So there's nowhere for the underneath or the deep ball to go really. So that's difficult to do for a full game, obviously. Yeah. But th- yeah. There, there again, there were ways that they were using when necessary bringing extra guys and still slowing down and you know leaving themselves potentially exposed if Mahomes finds a way to spin around and get it out to the other side of the field which he can obviously do then you've got two guys open for him to throw to but those are the kind of risks that you have to take as well when you're taking on a guy like Patrick Mahomes I guess so you know it's that risk reward and it paid off they just got it yeah they just got it right didn't they Mahomes' lowest ever QBR of around about 52 he's he's never lost a game by more than by in Score, double by figures. By double figures, yeah. That Never is too crazy, scoring. right? Yeah. <laughs> and the first time it happens, it's in the Super Bowl. He threw 53%. Only three other times in his career has he thrown lower <laughs> than that. Uh, and it was the first time Mahomes in the playoffs has had no TDs or no running TDs as an individual uh, mm-hmm. for himself. which And only the second Question game in his career. Question from here is this. Oh, and that's crazy stat as well. 479 yards of scrambling behind the line of scrimmage before yeah. throwing in the yeah. whole game. That's well, absolutely yeah. bonkers. Sorry, Jazz. The question for me is this. Seeing that the Tampa has now provided what you could argue is a blueprint to stop the Chiefs, will we see the Chiefs either adjust and change or will we see those blueprints that we've seen yesterday come through and start to be rolled out across the league? Now, of course, you have to have the personnel to do it. You've got to be able yeah, to create pressure with four players. That's difficult. However, when we saw the Titans beat the Ravens like they did two years ago, yeah. The Ravens' offense has been nowhere near as explosive since, unless they're yeah. playing teams that haven't got the talent on the other side of the ball. So in some ways, the Titans help to show the rest of the league, right, you can stop them, just try and do it this way, and if you're lucky, well, you'll be successful. So the Chiefs might have the same trouble from here to go with it. And granted, it's overreaction Monday, isn't it? So people are saying about how the Chiefs won't get the Super Bowl again for a few years, which I personally don't think is true, but the AFC is going to get stronger. Mm. And if you have the blueprint to stop them, and you, know, stronger, well, yeah. you just need someone who's really fast to cover a hill the whole way, they'll just start drafting players who may not be able to cover perfectly, but they've got four three speed. That's where it goes. Yeah, I just a lot of things have to go right. It does feel like a perfect storm. Oh, completely for this game because also as well, like they had an amazing game. But one of the reasons why it was so surprising the way that the Super Bowl turned out is that. They haven't been able to do that throughout the year. They couldn't do that to the Chiefs the first time they played. And they they can't, you know, that defense could couldn't really string together four quarters consistently. But the thing so with like, the first it, Chiefs game it, though, yeah. Is that the first quarter they had the wrong game plan. That's why it got out of hand so quickly because they were just trying to man cover one on one against Tyreek Hill. And but was... I'm not just saying. But I'm not just saying the game plan. I'm just saying that that defense has had quarters and whole games where it hasn't shown up. No matter what the game plan is, your players need to play well, and they've just had whole swathes of time where they just haven't played like a top five defense at all. So I think that it was just they were just so up for it, and they just they had the right game plan. Yes. But those players just fucking delivered consistently. And that's hard to do all the time. So I don't know. Even if you think you can sort out the Chiefs, then it's like you've still got to do it. It's like like you know how to beat Tom Brady, 
but you you can't do it. So I don't think I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. I still don't know how to beat Tom Brady. Well, <laughs> you take yeah. well the Eagles do though, you need though to baby. Take, like one really bang average to bad quarterback and sprinkle some fairy dust on him the night before the game and apparently that's the way you beat Tom Brady with either Eli Manning or Nick Foles and when Nick Foles comes back to Philadelphia this offseason in the trade of all trades with Chicago we're back in the game baby I don't think you want to see Nick Foles playing in an Eagles jersey again that's a a big disappointment Big thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, a big thanks to our guest Marlon Favourite, who you can find on Twitter at BigFave504. That's Big F-A-V-504. You can find us on Twitter as well at ReturnThePicks. That's at ReturnThePicks. You can follow Jazz Gillum at Jazz Gillum. You can follow Dave Bluck at DavidBluck1. You can follow myself O underscore J underscore Wilson, all on Twitter as well. You can like, subscribe and follow and review the podcast as well on anchor.fm, our host, Google Podcasts, iTunes and all other good podcasting outlets as well. And until the next time, which will be a few days away, we're going to have a little extended break and then come back with a bit of off-season action. The QB carousel is already underway and we're expecting moves from the Philadelphia Eagles already in the next few days. Uh, There are plenty of things to get into in what all of our teams need to perhaps be successful next year. And there are plenty of guests to get back on as well, including all of the friends of the show that we've had on this season. But with our Super Bowl review show done and dusted, episode number 50 in the books of this podcast in total just a big thanks to everybody that has listened to episodes throughout the time all of the guests that we've had on uh, there's been too many to completely list off but you know Shane Vereen uh, Max Whittle uh, yeah too many to list I don't know why I even started there um, and everybody else who's uh, been involved in it in any way shape or form And we'll be back, as I say, in about 10 days time or so with our next episode. So until then, enjoy the breakdowns of the Super Bowl that you'll find elsewhere and take care and enjoy what football you can. (laughs) 